When tax time comes around, are you being reactive or proactive? Do you find yourself swimming in a sea of questions? Like, is it better to do my tax return cheaply? How do I know if I'm doing them the right way? Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor with Marcelino Dodge. Today, we'll answer these questions and many more. Sharpen your pencils and take some notes. Now, here is your host, Marcelino Dodge. Welcome to the Tax Answers Advisor, show covering what everyone talks about at the dinner table, your federal income tax. On this show today, we will discuss about starting a business. Are you planning for success or for disaster? Among the questions that we'll answer during this show is, type of entity should I be? Initially, though, we're going to touch on just a few updates in the tax industry for the week. Uh, One that's of interest to many, many people is the cost of living increase for Social Security coming up in 2021, which is a whopping 1.3%. Now, this week also, the uh, IRS announced that if you are a victim of the September wildfires in California, You now have until January 15th to file either your individual tax return or your business tax return. And that actually includes making the tax payments as well. Also announced this week, the tax uh, relief is also for victims of Hurricane Delta that was on October 6th. Uh, Those individuals have a filing and payment deadline that's been extended up to February 16th. So that's some uh, good news for those individuals that were in a horrible situation. At least they have that extended time. Sadly, this week, it looks like so far there's no new agreement on any potential stimulus payments. That's still a a pending issue going to go on and just not sure if and when those are going to happen. So we just need to keep moving forward the best we can. Now, one quick reminder I want to put out to everyone is that if you happen to mail a check, For your tax payment back on July 15th or a little bit before July 15th for your payment that was due on your tax return? Well, because of the backlog the IRS has, your check may still be sitting in the envelope with the IRS. So certainly I encourage you to not cancel your check. Just make just Give it some time. The IRS is still processing this because they're still social distancing, taking care of uh, their employees. So it could just be just stuck in a stack of mail. And there's a lot of mail that the IRS is still processing. So be patient is really what the word is on that. So back to our topic of the day. Now, you're considering starting a business and, you know, in these situations that we're in, uh, it may be questionable to be starting a business, but there are several entrepreneurs out there who have a great idea that even under the circumstances that we're in, you can you can start a business and perhaps do very well. Take a look at the market, see what's happening. You have an idea. A lot of ideas have come out of, and successful businesses have come out of situations, bad situations like this, and people turn them into a successful business. So you have an idea, you want to start a business. Well, who do you go talk to if you want to start a business? You have a business idea. Well, many people, what I have found is they will go and talk to their banker. They'll possibly go talk to uh, a lawyer. But yet, they oftentimes do not go visit their 
accountant or person that does their taxes, which at least in my opinion, as a professional, if you're thinking of starting a business, that is the first person you should go speak to about starting a business. And there's a number of reasons why that I feel this way. And the biggest reason I feel is because of the potential tax situation or tax areas that you need to be aware of even in creating a business. And that's vital to know before you go actually talk to the attorney or you go talk to the banker. So the tax professional like me is a good person to start with because as a tax professional, one who deals with the numbers and businesses all the time, we can have a discovery session to really look at your business idea very closely and see, is this a good idea? How can we validate this idea? Is this a program that I want to move forward? Am I making the right choice in, in looking to start this business? So that's some of the areas we can look at with you and helping you to establish goals. Start off with perhaps some modest goals. Okay, where do you want to accomplish in the first few months of the business? What do you want to accomplish maybe in six months, in a year, and so on? So to establish those goals helps you to know where your business is going to go or at least give you a direction. And then a success plan would be essential. How am I going to reach those goals now to identify the elements of success in the type of business now, especially in the type of business, whatever type of business you're looking to start? Uh, hopefully it's something that you, are, that you already know well. Like, if, for example, if you've been uh, tree trimming, I'm just going to use that as an example. If, you, if you've done tree trimming for somebody and you want to go out and start your own tree trimming business, well, obviously you have the background, you have the training to do that. So that's something you could possibly do, do and do well. And I know some people who go and do these businesses as well because they had the training. Yet even in knowing how to do the actual tree trimming itself, which is essential to the business, but then when you go out to start your business and there's the back end information that is just vital for you to be able to do. And that's why it's important to talk to myself like a tax professional so that you can have that information ready to go. Now, once you get your discovery session, get some ideas going where you're going to go, what you're going to do, and then work on setting up a business plan, find out, okay, these are the steps that I need to take for success. A good question then to consider is what type of entity is my business going to be? Well, we're going to discuss a little each of these a little bit more, but one thing I'm going to say here initially is the fact that it's like the, the beginning suggestion everybody says to go and make is go be an LLC. That's like what many banks say, many attorneys say, just, just go form you an LLC and start your business. Well, from a legal standpoint, I'm not giving any legal advice or anything that that could be a good idea, but without fully understanding the tax cons, the consequences or the tax realities, just by going and doing that, we don't know if it's a good idea or not from a tax standpoint. So from a tax standpoint, it's important to know what kind of structure you're going to do because what's going to give me the most protection, what's going to give me the most benefits and until you have goals established, we don't know what entity is going to be the best. So it can range anywhere of what kind of business is going to be best for you or business 
system is going to be best for you is going to be based on your goals. What's going to be better for you to start off with is, is being a sole proprietor, perhaps good for you, or maybe being some type of LLC. If there's more than one person involved, if you have two or more people, should we do it as a partnership or should we do it as some type of, of corporation? See, that's when you bring everybody together and really sit down and establish some goals that will help you to be able to start your business and make the correct uh, decisions from the beginning by having those goals established. Now, when it comes to establishing a company, there's entity formation, which uh, like if a corporation or an LLC or some type of entity is needed like that, it's important to get not just rely on me as a perhaps an accountant or tax professional, but you may need an attorney to uh, help you in setting up those legal situations with your state because the Secretary of State in each state usually has some type of filings that you need to do and there's articles of uh, incorporation for corporations and there's other documents required for an LLC and usually I recommend that you you work with an attorney because they're though that is the practice of law so that's just that's what I recommend and so that's why I recommend do that part and so we can uh, work together with an attorney in that area and as far as there's tax registrations we can help ones to obtain uh, depending on your state through your state Department of Revenue those uh, matters can be handled and of course the IRS numbers if you're starting an entity or an LLC usually you need some type of federal employer ID number to go with those and certainly we work with helping ones attain that and then of course once you have the federal ID number and you have other information required by whatever is required by your particular state because forming an entity is also is basically done at the state level then you go and open up your bank accounts and then there's so many other areas that we go in to help ones to do when they start a business that it important to cover each of these steps very importantly and then once you get the business going or once you get through the setup process then you also have various accounting you have payment systems that you need to set up which is what we work to help once to set up and these are vital to set up good from the start because what happens a lot of times with ones they'll go and start a business and they'll go they'll uh, sign up for some software online or maybe maybe go to a store and buy it, buy it off the shelf. Of course, most of it's online through subscriptions now, is that they'll go and buy the software and they'll follow the steps through the software to set it up. But yet getting that set up correctly from the beginning is just absolutely vital. So what we need to keep in mind is that just because software says it's do it yourself and it helps you to understand, helps you to run your business, it's not as easy as it looks because I have seen a lot of reports come in from various uh, softwares that basically this, it wasn't set up correctly. Uh, and the people that individuals that set up their business, you know, they do a great job. People do a good job with what they do and they make their best effort in fixing up the software. But yet it's really, at least I really recommend having a professional of some sort like myself help you to set up that software and then help the, then use a professional, which, what I can do is help you to not only set it up, we can help monitor it so that your profits are monitored on a daily basis. So we can see, okay, this is what, this is the money coming in. This is the money going out. Uh, this is who we owe this week. This is who we need to pay and so on. That way, you know, you have a profit and loss going and it's accurate. And oftentimes you also need in the business, not just a profit and loss statement, you need a balance sheet, which is needed for your banks. And because oftentimes one's 
have difficulty setting up their software initially, there's various numbers in there that are off. And because most people, they do a great job, but they don't necessarily understand how an accounting program works. And that's, that's just kind of what it is. It's not good or bad. It's just what I encounter in the business. And so because of that, it's good to have someone help you set up these processes and then help to monitor these processes that way. As I mentioned in the title for the show, Planning for Success or Disaster, you avoid the disaster part of that by having your accounting system set up very, uh, very correctly from the beginning of your business. And so what we're going to do in, in the next segment here, we're going to go ahead and discuss more into individual entity types and advantages, disadvantages, tax consequences of each, and why, again, it's so important to decide ahead of time what kind of entity am I going to be when I start my business. That way, you maximize the potential for your success, maximize the potential for your profits in putting together a plan, setting some goals, and as we know these goals, that once again will help us to know what type of entity we need to be. So we're going to discuss uh, with start with sole proprietorships or single person LLCs when we return after this break. This is Marcelino Dodge, the Tax Answers Advisor on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Today's tax and financial environment is constantly changing. Tax laws change rapidly. The traditional reactive approach to tax preparation and taxes no longer works. To deliver the best possible outcomes in today's world, you need a year-round approach to take advantage of tax law changes and to pay as little tax as possible. Marcelino Dodge of Cash Tracks Financial helps his clients to implement proactive tax strategies throughout the year to limit his clients' tax liability. Plus, with this year-round approach, clients can increase their cash flow and be as prepared for the future as they can be. Email Marcelino at success at cashtracksfinancial.com or call 844-394-4287. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business. This is the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. To reach our program today, please call in. The number is 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Now, back to the Tax Answers Advisor. 
Welcome back to the Tax Answers Advisor. I'm Marcelino Dodge. I appreciate you sticking around for another portion of our program as we're talking about starting a business today, why it is important to consult a tax professional or an accountant when you go to start a business. Because part of the reason is, first of all, as I mentioned in the previous segment, the importance of setting goals, getting an action plan. Now, as as I step back now, it's from some information I already considered. Now that we've established goals and an action plan, we need to discuss the type of entity for your business to be. Perhaps for your business, you're starting it, maybe starting out, it may be best to be a sole proprietorship. Now, also, if you're an individual just starting a business, you can also be a single person LLC, which most people just don't understand or don't initially know that when you do a single person LLC by definition or by default with the IRS, that entity is still taxed as a sole proprietorship from, from the IRS standpoint, which basically means you file a schedule C now. So we're going to kind of interchange those here, a sole proprietorship and single person LLC because they are taxed the same, which basically from the IRS standpoint, that is the individual or that is the person. Now, oftentimes when I deal with people who work in sole proprietorships or single person LLCs, a business no-no usually happens, but usually on a sole proprietorship, it's okay. And that is the fact that personal funds and business funds are often co-mingled, which means that people sometimes will use their business checking account to pay personal bills with, which on a sole proprietorship, essentially because it's all the same, it's not really that big of an issue now, but what it does create though, it creates a little challenge or actually a big challenge in trying to determine actually how much profit is the business or sole proprietorship making, which is why I often tell people, even on a sole proprietorship or single person LLC, it is absolutely essential that one, you have a separate bank account for that business and you treat that account as a business account, not as your personal savings account, not as your personal checking account. Now you can take draws out of that account, like an owner draw, which is, which, which is something I do recommend. And some, some of my clients do do that. They'll take like $500 or a thousand dollars a week transfer that from that account over to their business account because that's like a draw, of owner's draw on a sole proprietorship, which essentially that's okay. And that makes that easy for accounting purposes, for tax purposes and everything. That way you can easily keep that part separated and then have everything else that's in that account as a business expense so that it's once again, easy to track. And in, in a sole proprietorship or single person LLC, the owner or sole proprietor or the member manager of that single person LLC, they are not allowed to be an employee. That is one of the biggest mistakes I have seen with these type of businesses is that some, somebody set them up and let that owner be a schedule, uh, an employee of the business. And when you're the owner of that IRS regulation, say in a sole proprietorship, no, you're not an employee of the business. You are the, you are the business essentially. So you can have employees and, sole proprietorships. I do several of them. I work with them. They do have employees that they pay 
and it's deducted as wages on the tax return for the sole proprietorship, but the owner is not. Now, we keep in mind that once the tax return is started, the or the Schedule C, which is what it is on the tax return, we go through, we complete that, we keep accurate books through the year for the for the business to help them to know where their profit and loss is, as well as to help the owner to appreciate that they may need to pay quarterly taxes. And some do need to do that based on what their profit and loss says. Each quarter, which is usually April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and then January 15th of the following year. So they pay those quarterly taxes because the employer, as while the sole proprietor pays self-employment tax, which that is both sides of what an employee would normally pay and then an employer would normally match, which is one amount that the uh, owner pays. Now that actual amount that they pay or the net profit, because that's what they pay it on is the net profit of the business after expenses may or may not be close to what they took in draws but the draws don't necessarily take into account uh, expenses that are often calculated at a later date, such as uh, depreciation for large equipment or other items in the business. And sometimes interest, uh, like if they took out a business loan, sometimes the interest isn't calculated right away either. So it just, it's just very careful. It's something that a person may need to do. And oftentimes that's where many businesses start is as a sole proprietorship or single person LLC. And that may be what they stay. And that could end up working good for, for the person operating a business. I mean, I know several people here, and I help several people who have been a sole proprietor for years, and it's worked for them, and it, they get their taxes paid, and they operate, and they're successful. Could be good. So for each individual, we can't say one size fits all, but each individual, maybe being a sole proprietorship, is the right choice. Now, as we go on and we talk to individuals, and establish their goals, maybe in some cases, uh, a corporation. And that would be either a C corp or an S corp that they may want to establish. Now, depending on what they're going to do, what their goals are, how many uh, people are coming together uh, to form this uh, business, maybe they'll want to form a, a C corporation or an S corporation. Many people in small business in, in the areas that I work with are maybe one or two owners that start up like a C corporation, for example, which as we look at a C corporation initially, that's an entity course all to itself. The C corporation pays its own tax. Also, but one of the disadvantages of the C corporation is that it's also known for double taxation. And see, there can be single shareholders, there can be multiple shareholders in a C corporation, but nothing flows through to them. It's all paid at the corporate level. Now the, the, profits that are made for the year that the C Corp can pay taxes on are distributed to the, well, can be distributed to the shareholders in the form of dividends. And then, see, this is where the double taxation comes in, is that the C Corp paid, which the flat rate for C Corporations is 21% currently under current law. And that's all we base this show on is what current law is at the time that this show is being done. So they could pay the tax on those profits 21% at the corporate level. Then they distribute then if they distribute out those to as share as dividends to the shareholders, then the shareholders pay tax on those dividends. That's where the double taxation comes in. 
Oftentimes, we see these are small corporations, and they're small privately owned corporations, which some I work with. There's an owner, and oftentimes that owner, which can be a single shareholder or maybe two or three shareholders of that C corporation, they're oftentimes employees of the corporation, which is allowed because you have a separate entity there that the employer, which the employee, which the owner is an employee of the business. And the nice part about being uh, a C Corp is that there's many tax benefits that the corporation can pay for the owner, like it can buy the owner's health insurance, the corporate the health insurance for the individual, uh, shareholder, of course there's retirement. Uh, you can have retirement plans within the corporation as well. All of these are subject to uh, the expense of other expenses to the corporation, which reduce the corporation profits and the amount of tax that they pay. And so there's, and there's several other areas that are many benefits that a C-Corp can have, but they just have that one little deal of a double taxation there. But it allows you to, which is what many people do, and I have some, some clients do, is you can turn around and do very successfully and do very legitimately and very legally is you can have a building, for example, that you own as an individual. And then you can take that building and at whatever market value is for the area that you're in, you can then turn around and lease that building to your corporation. But it's vital for that to come across as legitimate as that you have an actual lease agreement that has uh, minutes from a corporate meeting that shows that you're entering into this agreement between uh, my company, Inc., and me, that we're going to do this amount uh, on a per-month basis, and it needs to be at market value. Now, you as the shareholder that's getting that rent, that's renting it to your business, it's really nice that you have income coming into you from the business that you don't pay Social Security tax on, you don't pay Medicare tax on, uh, you do pay income tax on it, but yet you also still get uh, deductions. You get deductions like property tax. You get deductions like uh, depreciation on the building and other items that perhaps you are paying that the corporation is not paying on the building. So that's one of the many advantages of being a C-Corp that can really be very advantageous for you in having a C-Corporation. Now, of course, I've touched a little bit before on the S-Corp, which is the other option that you have when it comes to corporations, is that with an S-Corp, which is actually very, very common, many people I have work with, and some entities, you can make an election to be taxed as a corporation, as an S-Corp. See, it's when you go to form a corporation at the state level, and then you go... Because at the state level, it's a corporation. That's all the state is, is a corporation. Now, where you make these elections to be an S-Corp, that's actually with the IRS. Because you go and you get your EIN number, your employer ID number with the IRS. Basically, you tell the IRS, I'm going to have employees and I'm going to be a corporation. Well, by default, you're going to be classified as a C-corporation with the IRS. Unless you file, it's a form 2553 signed by all of the shareholders of the corporation. Then 
you can elect with that, you elect to be an S corporation. Now, usually I recommend it. You, if you're going to be an S corp, you do it from like when you initially become a corporation from the very beginning. If you have been a C corporation for several years and then you want to change to being taxed as an S corp, you can make the election and do it. That's certainly possible. I've had some C corps go ahead and do that. Uh, there could be some tax ramifications down the road of certain, uh, if there's certain profits that you still have and so on, or perhaps uh, depreciation. There could be depreciation issues or uh, capital gains issues down the road if certain property is sold. But all of that's just stuff that needs to be disclosed if you decide to make it go from a C corp to an S corp. That's why. So I just recommend in starting a new business, we got to make a good shot from the beginning. What type of corporation are we going to be? Are we going to be a C Corp or are we going to be an S Corp? And so with that thought in mind, we're going to go a little bit more into the S Corps when we come back in just, in just a few moments here. This is Marcelino Dodge on the Tax Answers Advisor on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today's tax and financial environment is constantly changing. Tax laws change rapidly. The traditional reactive approach to tax preparation and taxes no longer works. To deliver the best possible outcomes in today's world, you need a year-round approach to take advantage of tax law changes and to pay as little tax as possible. Marcelino Dodge of Cash Tracks Financial helps his clients to implement proactive tax strategies throughout the year to limit his clients' tax liability. Plus, with this year-round approach, clients can increase their cash flow and be as prepared for the future as they can be. Email Marcelino at success at cashtracksfinancial.com or call 844-394-4287. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. To reach our program today, please call in. The number is 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Now, back to the Tax Answers Advisor. Welcome back to the Tax Answers Advisor. I'm Marcelino Dodge. I appreciate you coming back for another portion of the show as we're discussing about starting a business and what type of entity that you may want to be when you start a business. In the last segment, I was discussing about sole proprietorships and started on uh, C-corporations and touched a little bit on S-corporations. 
a couple of points that I wanted to mention here, which is really a wonderful, one of the wonderful bases of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act passed near the end of 2017, is that if you have a corporation or business that is making under $26 million in average sales in a year, you can use the cash method of accounting. That is a true, uh, wonderful, wonderful provision of that law for uh, businesses to be able to use the cash method of accounting to do that. And that's basically, at least I think it's a much easier method than accrual. So that's just my opinion on, I think most businesses take advantage of that as well as you can make an automatic uh, recommendation for it. Now, one of the disadvantages of a C-Corp that I want to touch on that, I ha- that I've had much experience with is that you have many C-Corps, especially ones that are smaller ones that may make, uh, may have just a few million dollars in average sales a year. They may make a lot of uh, contributions and donations to charities. And th- those are great. That's wonderful that they do that to nonprofits and so on. That would be uh, deductible. However, because of limitations within the law, uh, C-Corps can actually only deduct about 10% of whatever their uh, profits are. So it, it's usually uh, pretty pretty limited on what a C-Corp can actually take. And for most uh, average Americans, people who are running a business, that's one of the advantages that an S-Corp has over a C-Corp is that if you make significant donations as a corporation, because the S Corp is a flow through entity, which means uh, majority of the time there's no tax paid at the corporation level. It's paid at the owner's level is that those uh, donations to the nonprofits, charitable donations actually go down to the shareholders and the shareholders can use those. And with the higher limits on exempt on to be able to itemize as a shareholder, those could possibly put you over, depending on what the S-Corp is actually doing. Now, back on the S-Corp a little bit more, the single shareholder or multiple shareholders on S-Corps, as I mentioned, it's a floor-through entity. Now, each shareholder owns a percentage. So if you have two individuals and they're operating as an S-Corp, each and they would have flow through a 50% of the profits or the losses would flow through directly to them, which is one of the big advantages, which can be an advantage or disadvantage. This depends on your situation with an S-Corp. But also with the S-Corp, again, just as in the C-Corp, your shareholders can also be employees of the S-Corporation, which is a big advantage because unlike the sole proprietor where you're paying self-employment tax and having to pay Social Security and Medicare tax that is not deductible in any way, well, by having your S corp, by having an S corp or a C corp, you're getting those deductions fully. You're paying that that Social Security, Medicare tax, both what the corporation pays to you, and that's withheld and then submitted, and then also whatever the matching amount is on the S corp is also fully deductible to the S corp. Now, you also with the S corp, as far as the employers. Uh, as far as benefits, you still get some advantages, some benefits. It's just some of the differences. You've got to have some clear uh, outlines on the plant, whatever type of benefits you're going to do. Uh, you can still do items like uh, like uh, simple IRAs. You can do those with matching, 401ks with matching, and so on. Now, the challenge comes in is like with health insurance, though, is that you can 
have your entity pay for a health insurance, but due to the way the rules are written, um, <laughs> is that whatever the, whatever the corporation or the S corp in this case pays in health insurance has to be added to the income of the shareholder. But, but then the shareholder gets to take that off as a self-employed health insurance deduction. So basically it's a wash as far as from a standpoint, but still it's just kind of a f interesting how that rule works. Plus uh, you can have uh, what's called a section 105 plan and also within your S corp uh, have a medical or dental reimbursement plan in there that you can do for the employees as well as the shareholders. And you can do it in the C corp as well. Uh, it just, uh, once again on the S corp, those amounts come back as income for the share at the shareholder level. So there's a few differences there between S Corp and C Corp that you got to keep in mind and be just well aware of. But one could be more advantageous or the other, depending on your particular situation and your goals. Now, the other area we want to touch in, if you're dealing especially with two or more individuals, uh, because an S Corp or a C Corp can be just an individual and have one individual shareholder in each for both the S Corp and C Corp. Now, if you're talking about a multiple person, like you got two or more people wanting to go into business together, well, and maybe if they decide, well, I don't want to do all the paperwork that a corporation requires, which there are, there's, there's minutes, there's articles of incorporation and other documents that are required by the state, and, which is why I recommend if you're going to do a corporation, you have some type of legal counsel help you with that in addition that we can work together with. Uh, as 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 the uh, tax person, as the accountant helping you to form the business. Same would be true if you're doing a multi-person LLC or a partnership. Still needs to be legal agreements in there, whether you whether you are forming an LLC, a multiple-person LLC, and or or a partnership. Now, then, what kind of partnership am I going to form? Well, am I going to be a general partnership, a limited partnership, which that's all looking at liabilities, and certainly some people may need to look at those things very carefully to once again to decide what type of partnership, if that's just the route they want to go. We keep in mind that on a partnership type of business, all the profits and losses, once again, it's a flow-through entity. It's not paid at the business level. It's paid on the partner's level. Now, with this, though, we keep in mind that partners – if there's profit that comes through because of the, the struck tax structure of a multi-person of a multi-person LLC or a partnership, the partners will then pay self-employment tax on their on whatever those profits are. Also, when it comes to a a multi-member LLC and a partnership. If you're one of the members of the LLC or one of the partners, you're not allowed by current law to be an employee of the business. You don't get compensated via W-2 form. You can you work for the business and it's usually written into the partnership agreement that that person A is going to get X amount of dollars for their work to the part for their work that they do for the partnership. And those are in turn considered guaranteed payments that you receive. Now, depending on uh, 
also what a person like contributes to the business. Now you can contribute money, you can contribute maybe property or equipment, whatever those amounts are, that gives you what's known as basis in your partnership or your LLC. And these basis, you also have basis in your corporations as well. I, I neglected to mention those earlier, but you do make contributions of cash to a corporation and that helps to establish your basis, whether you're in the C Corp or in the S Corp. Now back on the partnerships, and then as you have these bases, a person uh, or a general partner may take a, a distribution of cash. That reduces what their basis or how much they have invested into the business. That reduces that for them. So that's where you got to be very, very careful with that. And once again, profits that come off of that business, when you're as a partnership, or a multi-person LLC, the partners or the LLC members pay self-employment tax on those profits. That's one of the main disadvantages of a partnership as well as various uh, legal ramifications that can come in there. But from a tax standpoint, there's a lot of a lot of risk you can end up paying self-employment tax. And once again, that's where, if that's a route someone decides to go, and that's when could be what we'd establish once you go through goals, put together a plan, and we figure entity, we discuss, okay, these are the advantages, disadvantages of this particular entity type. But yeah, you'd, we come to the conclusion, okay, well, a partnership is, is, is the way we're going to go. Understanding these matters about, okay, you're not going to be an employee in business. Uh, you're going to be paying self-employment tax on the profits. And and that, but we're going to have employees, so you're going to be there just going through those areas trying to figure that out. Now, one of the areas that many people just don't fully understand, once again, is just the fact, because it's like the, the in thing to go and form an LLC, which if a person wasn't going to form a corporation or didn't want to go through the the headaches of having a corporation because there's many there's there's a lot of paperwork with a corporation. A multi-person LLC is a good option, but the drawback to the multi-person LLC is based on current IRS rules. The multi-person LLC is taxed as a partnership, so which basically leads you back to the partnership rules and regulations for the LLC members of what they need to be. Uh, doing or how they're going to be conducting business. So usually what I come to see when I'm dealing with an LLC, and I don't know why more don't recommend this, but what I, when I work with multi-person LLCs, usually for simplicity purposes and makes it easier on the LLC members, which is a beautiful, beautiful election in the tax code, a multi-person LLC can elect, they stay as an LLC at the state level, but for federal tax purposes, they can make an election to be taxed as an S corporation. And what is the significance of them being taxed as an S corporation? A tax standpoint, that makes it easy for them to really get by with not having to pay A, self-employment tax on the profits of the business. B, it allows them to be employees of the business so that their amounts that they would normally pay in self-employment tax, once again, their Social Security, Medicare, it allows them to get a W-2 
as an LLC member because they're being taxed not as a partnership, which is what multi-person LLCs are taxed by default. It gets them, allows them to be taxed as an S-corp, so thus the LLC members are allowed to be employees of the business, which I have found when I have this discussion with my employers, they find it to be a very appealing deal, especially if they've been in the sole proprietor and a couple are coming together to form this LLC business or LLC, and they come to find, oh, we can do that? You know, that's great. We'd rather be like an employee. And that's because we've been paying this self-employment tax for all these years, having this big tax bill at the end of the year. We don't want that anymore. And so this solution I offer to them, and with these multi-person LLCs being taxed as an S-corporation, it works out great for them in uh, setting up their books. And they have, because they keep their money separate. And they're able to have the benefits of being an employee of their business, which once again goes into some of the benefits I talked about having an S-corp, where they can have like the retirement plan and so on without having the things going back and forth that you can run into with uh, being a partnership. So whenever I can, I usually don't recommend partnerships to people if we can avoid it. Uh, usually a multi-person LLC could be a better option, but it just depends on circumstances. But if we're going to do multi-person LLC, I usually recommend let's be taxed as an S-Corp so you can take advantage of the benefits under S-Corp law instead of having to pay self-employment tax and have all of the other issues that arise with being taxed as a partnership. We'll be right back for our last segment here. Uh, this is Marcelino Dodge on the Tax Answers Advisor on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Today's tax and financial environment is constantly changing. Tax laws change rapidly. The traditional reactive approach to tax preparation and taxes no longer works. To deliver the best possible outcomes in today's world, you need a year-round approach to take advantage of tax law changes and to pay as little tax as possible. Marcelino Dodge of Cash Tracks Financial helps his clients to implement proactive tax strategies throughout the year to limit his client's tax liability. Plus, with this year-round approach, clients can increase their cash flow and be as prepared for the future as they can be. Email Marcelino at success at cashtracksfinancial.com or call 844-394-4287. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. 
To reach our program today, please call in. The number is 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to success at cashtracksfinancial.com. Now, back to the Tax Answers Advisor. Welcome back for this uh, final segment for today. I'm the Tax Answers Advisor. I'm Marcelino Dodge. Certainly appreciate you listening uh, to this podcast. Today, we've been talking about starting a business. Are you going to be planning for success or disaster? Well, in starting a business, just to touch real quick here, it's important to speak to your accounting or tax professional. I recommend actually speaking to them first because we can help you to establish goals, help you put together a plan, and most importantly, help you to understand whether initially you should be a sole proprietor or single person LLC and understand the tax ramifications of being this is understanding you may need to pay self-employment tax on your profits. Also, the fact that as a sole proprietor, you can co-mingle funds even though we don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. I still recommend you treat your sole proprietorship business as like uh, an entity, like a corporation. That way you have to keep track of profits and loss much better and have a separate bank account. We've talked about the advantages of a, being a, a corporation, such as an S-Corp or a C-Corporation. Now, with these type of entities, it's vitally important, absolutely essential that If you go this route, that the checking account for these corporations, whatever you choose to be, is truly a separate account, of course, and it's in the tax ID number of the business, and it is treated, everything in it is treated as business-related money, money for the business. That way, if you've done all your other legal protections and had all the consultations with the attorney regarding set up of these that you don't break that corporate veil as well as for uh, IRS audit purposes if for reason that happened you can show distinctly okay yeah this has not been my personal checking account look at these I got all my business expenses right here business income coming in business income going out uh, my paychecks look at this I have a separate account here. this is where I've been getting my money for my account so it's all here so it's all good and nice and clean which is what we really like to see And so with good planning, you can definitely do that. As well as we come to see the importance, if you decide to be a multi-person LLC or a partnership, the little bit of difference is there with being one of those, how if you're one of those entities, the multi-person LLC or partnership, that you do pay self-employment tax on those. And so it's important to consider very carefully what you're going to do in those matters as well so that you make a good good choice. And so planning is essential from the very beginning. What I do see happen oftentimes with businesses because they're often starting out small is that they often start off because it's easiest to do. It makes sense. They may start off as a sole proprietor because they don't have big, they have big plans, but maybe not a lot of money, but they want to get going. So they start as a sole proprietor. We help to build the business up. And then at some point down the road, oh, they got a good business going. You know, maybe we need to turn into, especially if it's a single owner, uh, maybe be a single uh, per single shareholder in a corporation and then decide, okay, do I want to be a C corp where all the taxes are paid at the corporate level or do I want to be an S corp where the 
profits and losses flow through to me individually, and I pay tax on the profits after uh, after they flow through to me. Certainly, those can be very advantageous. Now, of course, going from the sole proprietorship to a corporation, which is what uh, many people can do, the advantage, of course, is then you can be an employee of the business, which to me, that is just absolutely essential because if you're having good profits in your business, you want to reduce your self-employment tax and then start taking advantage of having uh, items such as your salary, also such as uh, your contributions to retirement plans, uh, business matching to retirement plans, all of that becomes deductible to the business. And I stress also here the importance also, if you want to be an LLC, a multi-person LLC in particular, I really strongly recommend in your consultations that if it's practical and it fits in with your goals, being a, a multi-person LLC that's taxed as an S-corporation can be a big advantage for you and could work very well for you. After we establish some goals, help you to do a plan, that may be the best way to go. But once again, no matter what entity we talk about here, none of these entities is a one-size-fits-all. Each individual's circumstances, each individual's goals, each individual's business type, we have to consider all of those items. We have to consider the plan. What do you want to accomplish with your business? And then, and only then, can a recommendation be made as to what type of business entity you are going to be. Don't let anyone just tell you, oh, you need to run out and set up an LLC. Talk to your accountant or tax person first. They're the ones that can best advise you from a tax standpoint, which entity would be best for you. That is what I certainly suggest for you to be doing. Now, I'm going to mention that if you decide or if you'd like something that for me to cover on the tax answers advisor from a tax standpoint, uh, tax planning standpoint, of course, you can email me at success at cashtracksfinancial.com. I certainly do appreciate all you uh, listening today. Next week, we're going to consider how safe is my tax information, a vital topic when you consider how many different tax repairs are out there and if you're using what's known as the ghost preparer. Again, I thank you so much for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor. I am Marcelino Dodge on the Voice America Radio Network. Thank you for listening to the Tax Answers Advisor with host Marcelino Dodge. We'll be back again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more to share next week. 